Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. This is a weekly broadcast about the Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James. The Camino is a series of pilgrimages across Europe. Pilgrims walk for a range of reasons. More often than not, it's to provide time to learn a little bit more about themselves. We simply never have time to contemplate the big questions when we're in the midst of our crazy, busy lives. A new study published this week found we're increasingly shopping while sitting on the couch. It's not good news for the retail sector or shops on the high street. And we're told staying in is the new going out. People are watching streaming services. They're getting food and groceries delivered. PayPal conducted the research. It said there's been a decline in online shoppers booking concert and theatre tickets, flights and hotel getaways compared with last year. Forget about staying in. We're boring. The American broadcaster and author Earl Nightingale said, We all walk in the dark and each of us must learn to turn on his or her own light. The Camino is a good switch. I first noticed my guests this week when a Camino blog appeared on my social media feed. Before I knew it, I'd been reading and smiling for more than an hour. The blog is called Camino Life. It's the brainchild of Marie Lau Florin and her husband Torben. Marie is on the line. Welcome, Pilgrim. Hi. It's great to have you on the podcast. Where are you? I'm in Denmark right now, in my, in my home north of uh, Copenhagen. You know, the very first thing I read on your blog was, we are Danish couple who have given our hearts to this ancient Spanish path and feel a profound call to share this love with the world. How did all this come about? Actually, it happened kind of early in my life. I was uh, at a wedding in, in Spain when I was 21 year old. Um and I saw these uh, signs on on the houses, uh, and I saw shells um, on the roads and uh, and yellow arrows, and I didn't know what it was. Mm. So I asked my Spanish friend. This was in 1999, I think. I asked uh, my friend who was getting married, "What what am I seeing?" Because I I always stopped and had and, and looked at these uh, shells, and I felt something. I didn't know what it was. Mm. And then, uh, then I asked her about it, and and she told me about uh, El Camino de Santiago, and to me it sounded completely stupid. Um, <laughs> but but I was I was so interested in hearing more. Um, on this travel, I always uh, I also saw some young people wearing um, backpacks, and they were obviously dirty and. Uh, extremely exhausted um but they had this kind of aura about them um, they had some kind of light uh, in their eyes and, and i got even more curious so when i got back from the wedding i started reading about it uh, the camino um but actually it, i'm sometimes i think my first camino took 17 years because uh, i spent 17 years uh, thinking whether i could do it or not and whether uh, it was okay to leave my kids for some weeks to go walking through Spain. I had a lot of thoughts about this. Um, and as years passed by, I got more kids. So uh, so in the end, I had three. Um, and I ended up walking with one of them. Um, my first Camino was Camino Inglés uh, with my teenage daughter. And that's four years ago now. Yeah, I'm going to get to that because that in itself is a really beautiful story. But uh, first of all, let me ask you, Marie, is the Camino well-known in Denmark? 
Yeah, it's quite well known. I would say um, if you compare the number of pilgrims with the number of uh, inhabitants in each country, I think Denmark is number six or something on that on that list because we're a very small country, but kind of many people go walking the Camino now. You know, so I, I'd heard of it from the, from friends as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Danes and, and, love the Camino. Yeah, yeah, the Danes love the Camino. It's. I have a great friend of mine who I walked with, um, who I've seen twice on the Camino, Jasper. Um, he's Danish. Yeah. And he has walked. Yeah. He has walked many times. In fact, um, in fa- I should clarify that I never actually walked much with him because he's way too fast for me. Yeah, he's crazy fast. You have to have the the same pace, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I loved that you and Torben met. How you met? You you went for a walk. Tell us that story. So we, um, I was at a dating site. Um, some years after I got divorced, I'm, I'm divorced from my, my children's father. And I went to this uh, dating site and um, it was possible to, uh, to tell the dating site uh, how far away can this uh, new uh, love be. And I said one kilometer. <laughs> so that's not, that's not, that's very, not very far, far. Um, But I did this because uh, I knew I have my roots here. We, we live right by the ocean, right by the forest, uh, close to Copenhagen. Um, very, very nice place. And I knew I wanted to stay here. I knew I had my roots here. So I thought maybe someone else uh, lives right by. I just don't know him. I, I just haven't found him yet. So I said one kilometer and I had the choice of seven men. And one of them was Tolman. And I read uh, all about, I, I read all his text. And, and having read that, I said, okay, that's it. I didn't, I didn't need to look at anything else because I was, I was quite sure that he was this profound soul that I had been searching for and this friend in life that I had been searching for. He said nothing about his, uh, his uh, work life or all the, uh, the surface of his life. He, 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 only uh, wrote about uh, inner feelings and inner life. So I didn't know anything about him. I didn't even know he had kids. He has uh, three kids as well. Um, And when we first met, we just wrote a couple of emails and and met the same day to to go for a walk. Um, And I don't know why, but I told him, uh, why don't we meet at the church in the forest? And we did this. And uh, right as uh, as, uh, as, uh, when we saw each other, the church bells started to, to ring, mm. and this moment was so strong. Uh, I'm not I'm not uh, religious in uh, in any way, and he's not uh, either. But but we actually we couldn't speak because of these church bells, and we just had to stand there and look at each other. Um, then we walked for maybe an hour and a half in the forest, um, and when we came back, it was not it, it wasn't goodbye. I think I think he said something like. Uh, should we go for another walk? Um, <laughs> and then we, we walked the same route again. So we actually fell in love while walking. Yeah. I love that story. I love it. <laughs> I, I, love, I read it on your website and I thought I've got to get Marie to tell that story herself. And how many Caminos yeah. have you walked together now then? Let me see. Um, we've walked the Camino Portuguese together. That was his first Camino and my number three. 
And then we've walked the Camino Sanaves, which is a very nice Camino, um, and one of the endings to Via de la Plata. And then we are walking a Camino Frances now together. You say since you walked your first Camino, the Camino has been calling you, both of you, and you spend all the time that you can on the Camino. Tell me about yeah. the calling. How does what? How does what does it sound like? Actually, I think it, it it's more like a feeling of of a of a person always being in in my life or a life situation. Um, in the sense that that I have this I have this longing in my everyday life uh, to go walking, um, and and I would say when when I when I first got to the Camino um, four years ago, I thought it was something on a I th- I thought it was something that I was um, going to complete, and then I would be uh, then I would be happy. Um, and then I realized it wasn't uh, it wasn't an uh, an end to a dream. It, it was a beginning of a dream, and I was completely shocked about this when I came home because I thought I would come uh, home with a, a memory of a Camino and then that would be it. But but instantly, uh, when reaching the cathedral in the in the days after and when returning to Denmark, I I dreamt of a new Camino. Um, so that longing has become part of, of my everyday life. Um, and and the way I'm, I'm when I walk the Camino, I see uh, all the small details in in nature. I see uh, I see how the sun uh, enlightens something when I walk. Uh, I feel the wind on my on my body, and this ability to feel and and enjoy nature. Um, I've brought that with me back, and uh, and it reminds me of the Camino every day in a, in a very beautiful way. So now, now I'm, I've kind of accepted that it's a way of, uh, that it has changed my whole life. It wasn't a travel. It wasn't the one uh, a thing I, I was supposed to do one once. It it has it has changed everything. I I, I don't normally uh, get teary, but I've got a bit of a tear in my eye. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but you you, yeah. work, you work at the forest and landscape college at the University of Copenhagen. So the outdoors yeah, is a huge part of your life. Let me ask yeah, you, is. let me ask you, this, this might be a difficult question, but I'm certain you know the answer if anybody does. What can we learn from nature? I think we can learn um, that, uh, that, that things in life are more of a unity than, than we sometimes uh, think. Mm. Um, that it that it all uh, that everything we encounter in life is uh, is a part of the same story. Um, sometimes I think when when I walk through Spain and I see uh, I see areas where there has been a fire, a nature fire, um, and I th- I see things growing again. Uh, I, I think a lot about this uh, as as nature has its its own rhythm as well, and yeah. nature has its its own challenges mm. as well. Yeah. Um, and it it always tries to to grow on and and to get back to what what there was. Um, and I think of this in in my own life as well because um, 
when I started walking, I, I had had um, difficult situations in my life. Um, I started walking the Camino about five years after my youngest um, son got the uh, cancer. And I was working a lot on this. Uh, and even though my backpack at that time was five kilos, um, I think it was much it, it was much more heavier um, if you look at the, the weight of my emotions uh, in the bag. Um, and it helped me a lot um, thinking about difficult things while walking. I, I felt like a part of something bigger. Um, and it, it gave me some kind of relief that, that I was not uh, alone in the world carrying this backpack. I was with people. Um, I, was, uh, I was a part of something bigger and I was not the only one who had had the challenges and, and pain in my life. Um, and this gave me a, a comfort that I have uh, that I have to uh, that I still have today, and I believe in the in the uh, in what people can do together and how we can carry each other's burdens. How how is your son? What tell us that he's, story. He's well today. Oh, how he's, wonderful! Um, how he old is he now? He was sick for about a year, and but but the doctors actually saved his uh, his life. So I'm I'm very 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 grateful oh, for that. What a wonderful! But still, it was a. It's been a very painful and difficult part of my life, which uh, which I can still feel at times uh, now. But he's he's uh, well and a very strong uh, young guy by now, twelve years old. Oh, I'm sure it was a very difficult time for you. I said in my introduction, Marie, we never have time to contemplate the big questions when we're in the midst of our crazy, busy lives. But you just mm. touched on it there a big question, a big issue, a big thing in your life. Nature is good for those big questions, isn't it? Exactly. It's, it's, uh, it does something to you. And, um, and another thing I thought about is that when, when you walk the Camino, um, your body and your soul becomes a unity as well. Because you can, you can never walk further or faster than your body allows you to. Then if you're in pain, you cannot walk. Um, you cannot just walk whatever you want. And the same thing for your uh, thoughts and emotions. If you don't take care of those, um, they'll bring you down, actually. Um, and that's um, that's what I think is so interesting, that, that sometimes in my life I just do what I want to do with my head. I just keep on going. I don't listen to my body. I don't feel my body. But the Camino has taught me that, that it's a unity and that the body and the soul can support each other uh, in a very beautiful way. Um, and, and that connection has become very important to me, also in my everyday life. That's a great answer. Can I ask you something? This is perhaps another difficult question, but I'm certain you'll be able to answer it. Do you think pilgrims, people drawn to the Camino like you and Torben and me, have an inbuilt curiosity um yeah i would i would think so um, yeah. but it's it's very different how you how you handle this because people um sometimes people have the curiosity um and they they want to go but they still carry a large portion of control 
the mm. the modern um, modern human being kind of I know I, I want to know where I sleep to know what happens I want to know um, what I can what I can eat uh, and whatever I think it's very funny to look at all the pilgrim groups and and um, um, conversations conversation groups on the internet. Uh, and the things people ask about, because it's usually the part of of life that they want control over. Mm. So even though they have this huge curiosity um, Mm. on the Camino, they still ask, uh, where can I have my hair done in uh, in Pamplona? Can you recommend some (laughs) some place to have my hair done? Or um, I want want perfect Camino nails. Uh, Do you Mm. have any creative ideas or... um, (laughs) And I think I think it's so funny. Uh, on this on this Camino, I met a wonderful uh, a wonderful guy, and unfortunately, I, I'm not into contact with him. But he he told me about his first Camino. He's he's a very lightweight uh, uh, guy, and he loves everything about outdoor life. And he's very into to the gear he has in his backpack. So he, before embarking the Camino, he had found this ultra lightweight um, chair. And he um, and he had this chair uh, um, in his backpack uh, because he wanted to sit on the chair and enjoy nature and all uh, sorts of things. But the problem is that the chair wasn't the only thing in his backpack, so it wasn't lightweight at all. And he was having a lot of pain, a lot of problems because of all this gear. Um, and he didn't really uh, realize the problem until he met another pilgrim, a girl, who asked him, but please tell me, did you... Did you bring furniture um, for a hike through Spain? And this this question made him made him um, go to the post office to send back the chair to the U.S. So uh, so even though if we we're, we're curious on the Camino, sometimes we keep um, uh, holding on to to the material the the do you call it material items? Yeah. Yes, um, that's right. Yeah. That that gives you some that you think gives give you some sort of uh, security, and then maybe you realize along the way that that it's actually about the inner peace and not about what things can make you feel or not feel. Um, yeah, but or that that's my that's my my experience. Yeah, but that's that's exactly the reason why I'm talking to you because on the blog and website CaminoLife.com you talk about keeping things very simple and and I, I like that um, because it's not just keeping things simple on the Camino but it's also about keeping things simple in life. But I, I, I wonder what can we learn about ourselves from a simpler life? I think if you, if you take away the unimportant things um, – what you have uh, left is, is uh, the real value. I, I think it's it's kind of frightening uh, to walk several hundred uh, kilometers with with a backpack of maybe five or six kilos, and then returning to a modern home and looking at it with with new eyes. Because um, I mean, if if you've been away for weeks and you've been at the the most um, the most happy and and uh, and balanced part, uh, situation in your life, and you return to all this uh, material stuff. It's it it kind of scares me why I collected all these uh, things 
and and I'm curious about what did I think when I let's say when I bought um, twenty glasses uh, for the kitchen. Uh, what what were I thinking? Um, and when I bought a lot of clothes that I don't even have the time to wear, what 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 was I thinking? Um, was I thinking it it would make me happier? Um, because I think that must have been the thought behind buying these uh, things. Um, but I think there's a great freedom in having only what you need and, and nothing more. So so my life at home has become more simple. I'm, I'm beginning to give away things, not buy that many things as, as I used to, um, and kind of seeing what do I really need. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting because you have you mentioned earlier that you and Torben have six children at home, a combined family. Um, what do the children make of your Camino journey? You and Torben have clearly undergone this this big transformation. You talk there about simpler life. What do the children make of it all? It's they are very different. Our our six uh, children, um, and by now three of them have uh, have walked the Camino, and number four, my son, who's twelve years old, he's. Uh, he really wants to walk uh, with me, and um, and he's he's at the stage now where he asks me, um, "Mom, what are the arguments that you're not bringing me?" <laughs> he's, um, Do you, if you have any, if you have any good arguments not to bring me, uh, tell me. And and actually, I don't have any good arguments, so I might uh, I might bring him next time. I think uh, mm. I think I'm bringing him soon, um, but. But I would say that the, that the kids who have walked the Camino with us, um, they were they wanted to go, and they've been very curious about this uh, this ancient path that kind of changed our lives. Just uh, I wouldn't say overnight, but in a week or in two weeks, it it completely changed our lives and our our way of living, uh, our everyday life as well. So they've been curious about what happened, and they they want to hear everything about it. Um, and they all—it's it, been very funny because I thought maybe it it might not be that nice if your forty-year-old mom uh, starts a blog. That's not a teenage dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, but they've been very supporting, and we. Uh, I think it's so funny finding out that my daughter actually recommends Camino Life to her friends if they want to walk the Camino, and she's mm. she's actually proud of the story, and um, and it, it makes sense to her as well, yeah. and actually to both of my daughters. So, so they've been curious like us, and um, and right now the the first daughter I walked with, she's walking alone uh, this summer. She's 18 years old today, and. Um, and my other daughter, we are walking the next Camino together also this year. So, um, so I think they're sharing the dream. Yeah, they are. Yeah, people ask you, and you you address it on your um, on the blog, how you can afford to walk so often. But I I thought I liked your quote in the answer to that question. You say it's about getting more magical experiences while spending less. That's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. Just take us through it's that. It's also because I I found out that I I mean there are wonderful restaurants in in Spain but sometimes the 
the most magic meal is when you're sitting on top of some mountain that you climbed yourself and uh, and you're so hungry that that bread from yesterday is is really magic um, <laughs> in my experience it's not about how much you pay for for staying someplace at the night or if you go out and eat or not um so so one of the ways we we keep down expenses is um is we we usually buy food and uh, at the supermarket instead of going out dining but but honestly it's not something i think that much about when i'm i'm there um it's it's more like it's it's become a habit that the uh, just knowing that it's not the price you pay that that makes you more happy it's the situation and and eating when you're really hungry um, mm, and not mm. because you're able to yeah to do it let's talk about the nuts and bolts of the Camino. We talked just now about spending less. How much do you think we ought to, if someone's listening to us, how much should they budget each day? I I think it's very uh, individual um, because um, some people um, really need the comfort of having a private room, for instance, every day. Mm, mm. So they use more, and and I would say how you how you spend the night is uh, is the most important part of a of a Camino budget. Um, so so I would say if you if you stay at the public uh, albergues and dormitories, um, I if I do that, I, I maybe spend about twenty five or thirty euros a day, and I buy absolutely everything I want to buy. I feel I live like a king, even though I sleep in a dormitory. But uh, but that's my budget if I if I travel like that. But if I have, um, I've had caminos as well where I've slept at uh, at private rooms. Um, for instance, I came back last week from the Camino Frances, and we slept almost every night, or maybe half of the nights at at the private rooms. Mm. That's a bit more expensive than I would say. Um, for each person, maybe 40 euros a day. Right, 40 euros. Okay, well, that's good advice. But you say on the blog, and I was really interested about one aspect of it, that you carry only about six kilos of, of, of gear. How do you keep your pack so light? Um, I only bring um, one... Uh, one one of each thing. That means if if I have a lot uh, a pair of trekking trousers, I have one pair, and if I bring a sweater, it's one sweater. The only thing I have two of is uh, my my underwear because I I want to be able to wash every day, so I carry two pairs. I carry one and an extra pair, um, and my socks obviously, um, so that I'm able to wash one pair and wear the other one. Um, so, so bringing only one of each is a way of of bringing down weight. Um, and then, then I look at the things when I'm packing, and I I ask myself, what is this thing telling me? And if what the thing, if if I'm carrying, if I want to carry the thing because I'm afraid of something, then uh, then I go into a, then I start speaking to this thing and uh, and looking at my fear. And what are, what the, my greatest greatest fear on the Camino has been rain. 
So I brought a lot of useless, uh, I shouldn't say shit, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Use, completely uh, useless uh, gear. Um, uh, and I think the only reason was that I was so afraid afraid of getting uh, getting soaking wet and mm. I was afraid of freezing um and and I had all this these thoughts in my head uh, I thought what if it's going to rain what if I can't find a place uh, to rest while it's raining um what if my hair gets wet and I start freezing if I start freezing what if I get sick um if I get sick um will I have to stop walking Uh, if I don't get well again, will I have to return home? So I had this long chain of worries about rain. Um, so my back got heavier and heavier uh, on this Camino. And I didn't use any of, of that rain gear because it wasn't useful. It wasn't helpful. Um, and I ended up with just one thing for rain. Um, and that's my rain poncho that, that really for me does it all. So that was one way of getting the weight down, uh, taking out my gaiters. And I had brought all sorts of uh, sorts of uh, stupid things, uh, plastic bags for my shoes and uh, rain hats. And uh, it, I, I don't even remember what I what I, I was carrying on that Camino. Um, so dealing with your fear, whatever you're, you're afraid of, um, brings down the weight in your backpack. What about water? How much water do you carry? That depends on the Camino. Um, when we walked uh, the last part of uh, Via de la Plata, we we brought quite much water. I think a liter and a half each, mm. and that was because we didn't find we we uh, on the first day we were very surprised not to find anywhere to get water. Um, and um, and it was a kind of remote area, so we we didn't just pass by a house where we could get water, no shops, no nothing. So that that was when we started carrying a lot of water. But I don't do that any longer. On on the Camino Frances, for instance, uh, you have a lot of possibilities. So I drink a whole liter when I get up in the morning, um, in order to have a good uh, balance in my body. Um, so I drink one liter. And then I start walking. And that means it takes a little more time before I get thirsty. And it allows me to bring maybe only um, half a liter or a little more mm -hmm. uh, in my bag. And that brings down the weight as well. If someone's listening and they're thinking of walking, can they get supplies along the way if they need them? Sometimes, yes. But again, it, it, uh, or most of the time. But it depends very much on the route. Um, I would say that the number of pilgrims and the number of services uh, and possibilities of sleeping and supplies, everything, they they go very much hand uh, hand in hand. So if you choose like uh, the French route or the route in Portugal, you have a lot of possibilities. Mm, yeah. And if you walk um, the the caminos less traveled by, like we do very often. Uh, then you have less possibilities, but but the funny thing is it it uh, you always find food. Um, I remember one day on on Via de la Plata we hadn't been planning very much, and it was a Sunday, and um, and after walking 20 kilometers we still hadn't found anything at all. No open cafe, no supermarket, no nothing. But then we get we got to this tiny hamlet with a huge party. 
and I thought, but no food, only alcohol. <laughs> so I thought, well, I, I have to find a solution. And I just walked up to a Spanish uh, woman looking a bit like my grandma. And I told her, uh, we're pilgrims, we are hungry. Uh, can you help us? And she said, of course I will. Just give me half an hour, I'll be back. And then she took her little red car and she wrote, uh, she, um, she, uh, she, she went home and made us a, a tortilla and got some uh, tomatoes from the garden, uh, a bottle of wine. And then she was back in half an hour with all this food oh. uh, just for us, uh, this freshly cooked uh, tortilla. And that, that tells me a lot about this. You say the Camino provides. There is yeah. always a solution. And this was a very lovely one to me because it's a, it's a classic ex- example of how much the local uh, the locals help and support you while you're uh, walking the Camino. They'll do kind of everything for you. If you have a problem, they feel they have a problem as well. And they will simply uh, start solving it with you. How fantastic. You know, yeah. <laughs> I love that. You know, on, let's go back to your very first Camino. Uh, did you realize then that it would have such an impact an important impact on your life? Not at all. Um, actually, it was it was funny because um, I, I thought this was going to be one Camino and then that was it. So I decided not to uh, to to buy more than 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 one thing for this Camino. So we just used uh, some bags we had already. That were they're not proper bags. Uh, they don't have a, a hip belt. Uh, they are not constructed to walk. It's it's like a it's it was something like a school bag. Uh, mm. We were walking. Oh with. gosh! Um, and we didn't have any uh, trekking shoes. We just walked in the shoes we we walk in every day, and and all of our gear was like that. Um, so I brought the things I, I used to run in. I just walked uh, brought those uh, things. Um, and and it was a great Camino. We we didn't, of course. Now I can see we were we were having some problems that we could have avoided, but it was a great freedom. Just uh, living your life with whatever you have and not making some sort of uh, of gear theater out of a Camino because you don't need to. You can do with very little. And that was that was an important uh, experience for me that that I I still think about. What's the most important thing about being a pilgrim? To me, one of the most important things is realizing that that it's an inner journey. Mm. It's not a it's not a sports competition. Um, you could think sports when you hear about people walking 25 kilometers a day, but it's really not about that. Um, it's about the work you do with yourself, uh, with your challenges in life, and, and the work you do with the ones you walk with. It's much more about that than, than about the outer landscape or the sports uh, part of it. You know, do you and Torben write the blog while you're actually on the Camino or do you do it when you come home? Usually I, I write while I walk. Right. Um, so when I get back, um, when I get back tired after a day, I look at, maybe I'm, I do a few notes during the day 
and then I have a look at all the pictures I've taken, and I started I start writing uh, something. Usually, I if I want to, I post it somewhere on uh, on on Facebook or Instagram, um, and then when I come home, I I kind of collect the moments to a story uh, yeah. that I that I put on the blog. So, are you? Did you take a tablet with you, or on a, a computer, or are you doing it on your phone? On my phone, okay, or on paper. If uh, if I just want to to write when I come home, I I do it um, I do it on paper. But it, when I when I start a Camino, I never know if I'm going to write or not. Um, it's uh, <laughs> you know I'm I'm a journalist and um, and and writing is is a very it, it's part of me to write is, is part of me. Mm. Um, but I cannot force it. I cannot decide. When when it's about the Camino or something that's um, that's personal to me, um, I cannot just decide. I want to write now. Um, if it comes, it comes, and if it doesn't come, it doesn't come. Um, this in in April, I walked the whole Camino without writing a word. So uh, so so when people ask me, oh please share, uh, please write something when you walk, I I have to say. I will if I have something to say. I will, um, but sometimes I don't. You know, I saw on your blog a, a great picture of you and your daughter. You just finished the Camino Inglés, and you were both glowing. <laughs> yeah. How do you describe the energy of the Camino? To me, it's the most important energy is is uh, warmth. And uh, and connection between people. Um, when, when I walk into the cathedral, what I feel inside is is uh, is something glowing or something some something like warmth. Um, and I recognize uh, the feeling um, in in Scandinavian in in Scandinavia. The campfire is a very um, strong force, and it's something that brings people together. If if you live in a cold part of the world, um, the campfire is something that you meet around. Uh, it's a place to talk. It's a place to connect, and um, and that sometimes even though you never see a campfire on the Camino, you feel it somehow. Uh, mm. You still feel it somehow. The the way people connect uh, connect through something uh, something warm and meaningful. Um, so I would say warmth is is, uh, is the Camino for me. Do you ever get lost on the Camino? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, <laughs> sure, I do. And you love it, um, right? Uh, <laughs> sometimes when it, when I am lost, I don't love it. <laughs> but afterwards, I I realize that that it gave me something. Yeah, that's um, it. It, I must say, it doesn't happen when I walk with my husband. It doesn't happen. But when I walk with myself, um, no matter how well the signposting is, I do get lost. Um, and and usually, I think it's it's some kind of present. Even though if you if you're going to walk maybe thirty kilometers that day, it it might not feel like a present if you if you realize you walk two extra ones or four extra ones. Um, but there is always some lesson in it uh, for me mm. um, 
maybe the thought of why did I get lost? Uh, once mm. I got lost because I was um, I was go I was uh, kind of having my uh, my smartphone attached to my face because people were writing me on on Facebook and I wanted to answer and I was really not there. <laughs> I was just walking uh, in, in uh, I was uh, seduced by this uh, by this phone. Uh, and I got lost. Um, and thinking about that now, it seems completely stupid. Why was I walking like that? But maybe the truth is that you you walk the Camino the way you walk your life, um, the way you live your life. So at that time, uh, I was having problem with problems with my smartphone. Phone it was taking over my life, and. And seeing how stupid it was uh, on the Camino made me realize that that it's all about being uh, being where you are and not in the phone. You know, Murray, in the course of my research, I came across a video of you with your favorite shoes. And they are the same favorite shoes as my favorite shoes. And they are Blundstone boots. They're Australian leather boots. And I said to you, well, I wear them every time I play a gig. I'm a musician. I wear my Blundstones. They're my comfortable shoes. If I'm going out for a night out, I wear my Blundstones. And you said you walk the Camino in them. And now these are not hiking shoes. These are leather boots. And you walk the Camino in them. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do. But but that's because... um... I've been looking at if you have a shoe for your everyday life that never gives you any problems and that that supports uh, that support your your feet every day, and and if your feet thank you every day for wearing these boots, why not walk in them? So I started um, walking longer and longer. On a usual day, I might walk five kilometers, um, go for a five-kilometer walk. And then I tried 10 kilometers, then I tried 15 kilometers, and I just realized I'm, I have no problems whatsoever with, uh, with Blundstones. So what they do well in my daily life, they do well um, when, when walking. So, so I've walked several Caminos in, in Blundstones. Um, and what I like about them is that they, um, they, uh, they support your foot very well. They, um, they, they take the shape of your foot, and that, that's, what, that's what becomes the, the shape of the boot. So if you try your colleagues' uh, bronze stones or your friends' bronze stones, they might not fit you because they have the shape of another person's foot. But if you're wearing your own Blundstones, I would say you can walk an entire Camino. No. Um, I put extra inner soles with the extra shock protection. Uh, and that's kind of all I do. And then I change socks every every second hour because it's a it's a hot shoe. Um, but I change socks every second hour, and then I never have I never have blisters or any kind of foot uh, problems. Well, my listeners will know. As a musician, I play regularly, and whenever I go out to a gig to get in the mood, I put on my Blundstones. So it's, <laughs> right. And then here we are yeah. sharing. You're walking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kilometers in them. That is a great story. I'm sure, Murray, you have a wonderful Camino story to tell, some special place, a special moment, some story worth sharing. Tell us a Camino story. 
then it it's got to be what happened uh, on the Camino Frances last week because um, this thing about the body and the soul being a unity is, is very basic uh, to me. And when um, when we we started on the French Camino, we uh, on the first day we had to pass the uh, the Pyrenees. And it went very well. It was um, I had I've been waiting 20 years to walk that stage, and it was a huge experience. I was like flying over the mountains. I felt I could do uh, anything really. <laughs> so we walked uh, the whole stretch uh, on the first day, and then and then the next day we were punished um, <laughs> because uh, when we started out, my th- I, I had the most extreme pain in my uh, thighs. And I started thinking about this. Why am I having this pain? And then I thought about, uh, I've been gaining a lot of weight uh, during the last uh, maybe four or five uh, months. So I started uh, arguing with myself, uh, talking bad to myself about my extra weight. And I I, um, I was very angry with myself. And um, And this continued for day two and three. And then in the middle of day three, I was uh, I was at a cafe uh, eating tortilla, and I actually gave up and thought, well, I'll skip the last six kilometers today. I, I was I, I really had no more energy. I was uh, my own company was so bad uh, to me that uh, I, I felt I couldn't get away <laughs> from myself and my extra weight, um, and I decided to take uh, a taxi. And then in this bar, there was a little uh, um, guy from Sicily, um, and uh, we didn't know him at all. But but he he could see that I was having problems, that I was sad, and uh, I was asking him the price for a taxi. And uh, and then he just then he said, um, "Well, uh, I, I'll carry your bag." And in the beginning, I thought, did I hear some stranger telling me that he was going to carry my bag? Uh, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Um, and then at first I just talked more about the taxi, but then he said it again in this slow uh, way. And then I realized that it was some message from his heart. He really wanted to do this for me. Um, so he ended uh, he ended up carrying my bag for the last part of the day. And, uh, and it turned out this part was the part to Alto de Perdón, which is a very, very beautiful spot on the Camino with pilgrim statues um, from from all times, and um, and I was I've never been I, I think I've never been that grateful in my life uh, seeing a complete stranger carrying my bag up a mountain, um, and and suddenly I had I had all, all this energy again. I, I started to believe in my Camino. I started to believe in. Uh, in life itself, um, and and it really showed me this uh, thing that that help is is much closer that, than you think sometimes. That's a great story. <laughs> what would you yeah. What would you say to someone listening to us, and they're thinking of walking the Camino? What would you say to them? Just do it. <laughs> It's, I, I would say just do it because if if you're having the thought and if you're beginning to ask people about it, beginning to look at pictures, it's usually some kind of calling. It's because you're supposed to go. Um, 
I, I have no other things in my life where I feel this. Uh, I feel a call this uh, this significant. Um, but but I really believe that the Camino calls you. Mm. Sure is. Sure does. I, oh, I just said sure is. There might be a message in that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Marie, congratulations on the blog. And the overall website is outstanding. It's a terrific resource for people preparing to walk the Camino. And it's also a wonderful site for people like me who can never get enough of the Camino. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Marie. Give our regards to Torben. And, and I'm sure there are many, many more journeys to come. Buen Camino. Buen Camino. My guest this week, the Danish pilgrim Marie Lau Florin, who, with her husband Torben, runs the blog and website CaminoLife.com. CaminoLife.com. You'll love it. My apologies this week for my voice. I don't seem to be able to shake this bug that I've been carrying for a couple of weeks now. But singing 60 songs last night doesn't help it either. <laughs> I hope you forgive me. Remember this week's quote from the American broadcaster and author Earl Nightingale, we all walk in the dark and each of us must learn to turn on his or her own light. Let's share the electricity around the world. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere along the way Somewhere along the way 